from inside Memorial Stadium. This is the Huskers Radio Network podcast. All Huskers, all the time. Here's your host, Jessica Cooty. Welcome back inside our Huskers Radio Network podcast. I'm Jessica Cooty, and boy, do we have a special episode for you today as we celebrate the career of Pat Logston, over 40 years spent dedicated to Nebraska athletics. So we're going to talk a lot about how you got here and, and the time that you spent here. And so we appreciate you spending your time and joining us uh, again here is Dr. Lawrence Chatters. So last day officially is Friday. Does it feel like it? How does it feel? Um, I don't know. You know, it's a little <laughs> bit surreal because mm -hmm. I have planned this day for a fairly long period of time. And the fact that it's actually happening tomorrow is like, whoa, it's, it is actually here. But I have gradually emptied my office out and taken my personal belongings home. So, yeah. It will be sad, but um, I'll also, I'm ready for the next chapter. That's awesome. Can we go back to the very beginning? You graduate here with a degree uh, in education, right? And you immediately start working for the athletics department. Why did you want to get into sports here at Nebraska? What kept you, uh, what immediately drew you to that? Well, honestly, I think I was just at the right place at the right time. I had no grand plan. I had no vision of a career in athletics. As you mentioned, I actually had my degree in education. I grew up in small town Nebraska, thought I would come to the university and be a teacher. Well, then Coach Osborne actually gave me my first opportunity at a full-time job. and. From there, I just fell in love with it. In a short period of time, I had a number of roles in football, and I just feel very fortunate and grateful to Coach Osborne for those opportunities that he provided me because I, I honestly can't imagine any other career that would be as rewarding as what this one has been for me. You know, Pat, you have just had a significant impact here at Nebraska, many, many years of service, and, you know, March is Women's History Month, and I certainly uh, look up to you as a, a strong woman here in our athletic department, and I know a lot of other men and women in our department do as well. Can you talk about what it was like for you uh, when you first uh, started working in athletics? Because at the time, there weren't many women working in athletics on the administrative side. Can you just talk a little bit about what that journey was like for you? Well, again, I owe a lot of credit to Coach Osborne. I feel very fortunate that he provided a young female um, the opportunity that he did, that he actually saw potential in me. So what I tried to do when I became director of football operations and was involved in the staff meetings, I made sure that I was meeting and even exceeding expectations. And I think I earned respect from the coaches and it taught me that exceeding expectations and making sure I was very well prepared was going to pay off. How did you meet Coach Osborne and, and to where you even got that opportunity that he presented with you? 
Well, now that's an interesting story. <laughs> My advisor when I was in school here was Virginia Corgan, who was Mike Corgan's wife. Mike Corgan was our running backs coach at the time. And she is the one that told me about the opportunity in the football office. And I thought, yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. I'll <laughs> go apply for that. That's awesome. What did your job entail as the football director of operations when, when you took over that job? Well, I would say it was really just managing all non-coaching aspects of the program. So whether that was setting up official visits, unofficial visits, team travel, housing arrangements, if you can think of any aspect that impacts the athletes that wasn't on the field, X's and O's type things I oversaw. That's amazing. So, you know, I'm just thinking of being, you know, really a, a, a young man, like kind of in the time frame that you're here as the director of ops. Can you talk a little bit about what aspects you served as far as like helping some of these young men acclimate to Nebraska and the program here and everything else? Kind of really that role that you served as supporting them to, you know, feel like they belonged here at Nebraska. Yeah, I think that, I mean, some of my best memories over the last 43 years are the relationships with the athletes. And obviously I spent 23 years in football, so there's a number of relationships that I still have today with some of those young men. I mean, they come here and they're a long ways from home. Um, some of them don't have the best home life and really what I became is like a second mom to them, someone that they could come to just, I mean, to talk about anything, just life in general, because I wasn't impacting their scholarship, their playing time. I was just there as a sounding board, as a listening ear and just as a support system. You became the first woman ever to serve in that role, director of operations uh, for Division One football. Did you know at the time that you were the first, the significance of that? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I've had people ask, um, you know, wow, you're a trailblazer. I didn't really think of it that way. At the time I was assistant director of ops and I'd had a conversation with Coach Osborne. I said, I think I can do this. I mean, I don't need to know the X's and O's of football. And as I mentioned, I'm just really fortunate that he saw, I guess, the confidence in me that he felt I could get the job done. What does that say about Coach Osborne? Because it not just hiring you, but so many things. He was so innovative in his thinking at the time. There's a lot of things that were first here because of him. So what was that like to work underneath him and, and how innovative was he at the time? Well, it was really quite remarkable and I honestly don't know if I appreciated it as much at the time as what I did maybe some years later when, because as I mentioned, that was my very first job. So that's all I knew. That's the only boss that I had. So, you know, to me, it's like, okay, is everyone like this? But. <laughs> Obviously, then I moved into administrations, obviously worked for a number of different individuals and found out just what a unique individual Coach Osborne is. He's such a genuine man. He's, I mean, integrity is, you'd see his picture in the dictionary. So yeah, he was, uh, 
I, I, I just feel really, really fortunate that he gave me the opportunities that he did. Now, Pat, you know, after working in football, you transitioned over into working in administration. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like and some of the differences that were there for you? Because again, you came from one area which was very male-dominated to another area that was very male-dominated in administration. And can you talk about some people who may have potentially been in the role of essentially SWA prior to you who may have inspired you and supported you in your transition into administration? Sure. Back in 2002, when I was asked to move into administration, at that time, I mean, I had worked in football for a long period of time. It was great, but it's also a real grind because we're talking 24-7, 365, basically, at least that you're on call. And also, the opportunity to do something else was really intriguing. And quite honestly, I guess I would say that I didn't have that much knowledge as to the, how the rest of the department operated. Yes, there were the support areas that I worked with, uh, working in football, so the academic area, the life skills, athletic medicine, all of those support areas, but I really didn't have a clue what our development and marketing and ticketing and business office folks really did so moving into administration i gained a broader understanding about how our entire department works not just all football and you became an administrator for multiple sports women's sports volleyball softball uh, women's basketball what was that like when you were so embedded in football for so long and then learning and seeing how these other sports operate well, it is interesting because each sport, each coach operates a little bit differently, whether it's their ritual before they get on the team bus to go to competition, maybe what they do the night before, if there are mindfulness activities or if everybody just goes and does their own thing. So it was really interesting just to see the different um, techniques and methods that coaches would use depending on the sport. Do you have a favorite sport now? Well, that's not a fair question. <laughs> I know. I wasn't going to actually make you answer. <laughs> yeah, so I love them all. Okay, right. That's a good that's a great answer. Great answer. So, transitioning though over into working specifically with uh, some women's sports here on campus versus working with football. What was that like for you just to be a woman being the administrator for those sports and also working with young women as they kind of gone, went go through their development process in college and everything? Did you find some of them looking up to you, seeking the same counsel from you that the football players did? And any of the women coaches that you worked with seeking more counsel from you and support because of you, you know, being uh, that listening ear and person who could support them? I think so. I mean, there have been a number of athletes over the years. I mean, I've had a number of individuals that have come in my office and said, well, Pat, I, w I want your job someday. But uh, sometimes, honestly, what's kind of interesting, the next question is, what do you do? <laughs> so it's not that everybody has a real uh, great understanding of what that administrative role is in athletics, but I think oftentimes it is seen as, wow, that's a really glamorous job. You get to do all these fun things. You get to go on these fun trips. And that's all very true, but there's also the hard work and the difficult moments and all of that as well. But yes, I did 
I do think that there are young women in the various sports that looked at me as another support system, someone outside of their sport that maybe they could come and have a confidential conversation, much like in football, just because I wasn't directly impacting mm -hmm. their playing time, their scholarship. So oftentimes people just want a listening ear, I think. Perfect segue. I was actually going to ask you that because one of the things when I was talking to people about you is that kept coming up is how great of a listener you are. So do you have any tips or advice of how to become that great listener that people feel confident and comfortable in coming to and, and looking to as a sounding board? Well, uh, honestly, and I know I keep bringing his name up, but I learned the art of listening from Coach Osborne because I thought he was masterful at no matter who it was, what was going on, he would take the time to listen and he truly listened. And what I learned is Oftentimes people just wanna be heard and hearing what issues people are facing or what challenges they need help with, you really need to listen to figure out how best to support them. They don't really wanna hear you talk, they just want you to listen. It's amazing. That's awesome. So the role that you're currently in um, is the senior women's administrator role and that was a role created by the NCAA based on a lot of uh, guidance I think from member schools basically saying that there needs to be a senior level role for a woman in the athletic department, right? So what a lot of people I don't think know is that that comes with a lot of serving on different committees. It comes with you having to really be central in the governance of the NCAA and some other uh, you know, different committees and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen over the years in that specific role as an SWA within the NCAA? Well, um, I mean, I think you're absolutely spot on that a lot of people do have a misperception. People think that I just am over all of the female sports. Well, the senior woman designation is not the female athletic director. It is actually the highest ranking female in an athletic department. And it was created to give more women opportunities because quite honestly, athletics has been a male dominated industry. So um, yes, there are the conference responsibilities that come with it as well as NCAA. So it's attending Big Ten conference meetings, there are, you get all sorts of emails from the NCAA. So being involved in the governance structure was certainly a learning curve and uh, really interesting times as well. And it's also a great opportunity to collaborate with colleagues. Um, coaches maybe don't always uh, want to be so quick to share information. Us administrators were like, hey, what do you guys do in this situation? What do you do here? So I found it to be extremely beneficial because not always do you have to reinvent the wheel because this institution down the road may have been doing what you're looking to do for a number of years. Nowadays in college athletics, it's so rare to see someone spend their entire career at one university with one athletics department. And you did that. I mean, what, what kept you here at Nebraska? Why, was, why did this continue to be where you belonged? Well, I would say a couple of things. Number one, I was just fortunate with each athletic director 
change. I mean, I just tried to buckle down and do my job and do it well and show that I could contribute to the group, that I had a strong work ethic, that I'd be willing to take on whatever responsibilities were thrown my way. Um, so I think it's just, you just have to have the ability to adapt to whatever type of leader happens to be in charge at the time. And um, yeah, I've, I've been very lucky that I've survived because a lot of my colleagues who are incredibly talented, um, that isn't always the case. So I, I get that I've been really fortunate. And I'm sure you had a lot of opportunities too to go elsewhere. So why did you love this place so much that you wanted to stay here? Well, I mean, Nebraska's home. This mm -hmm. is where I grew up, 30 miles down the road. Um, also, in talking to a lot of my colleagues, I understood just how fortunate we are here at Nebraska too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have the best fans. We are the best resourced. Um, I quite honestly didn't know where I could go that would be any better than Nebraska. Wow, that's that's just awesome to hear. And the fact that you've been here uh, for many years and had such an impact on so many people. As you think about your career, just looking back, can you talk about some of the high points of your career what, when you were here and uh, just you know share those with people, like some of the happiest times that you had while you were here serving in your role? Well, um, Obviously the championships are great, right? So whether it was the football championships, the conference championships, national championships, I mean, how successful volleyball has been. I mean, a number of our programs have been very successful. Softball going to the- um, Women's College the World Series. College yeah. World Series. So, I mean, it just kind of goes on and on. So we've had a number of teams that have had great success so i would say those are definitely some of the highlights but at the end of the day i would say the thing that has impacted me most are the relationships that i've built with the people and i know you go to end of season banquets for any particular sport and the coaches will say hey the time goes fast what you're, you're not gonna so much remember the rings and the accolades that you get, but you'll remember the relationships. And I would say that's absolutely true. That's what I'll cherish most. That's so awesome. Okay, so our fans and listeners love to hear stories maybe they haven't heard before and can't get anywhere else. So can you give us your best Tom Osborne story and your best John Cook story? Let's start with Tom Osborne. Oh boy. I'm sure you have many. <laughs> If you have one fun story that you could tell about Coach Osborne. Um, okay, I'll, t I'll tell a story. <laughs> I'm a little hesitant to tell it, but I don't think he would mind. So we were trying to really get up with technology. I mean, you know, we're talking this is a lot of years ago. So the first computer system that we had, and it was back in the meeting room, and um, coaches used these uh, they're pencil looking things, but they were pointers. They had the red light on the end and they would shine it when they're talking about particular play or wrong direction that one of the guys went, that type of thing. So the first meeting that he sat in on and there's a computer in front of him and the screen is there and 
the mouse is sitting there, and he picked up the mouse, and he (laughs) (laughs) had the screen. And all of us were kind of looking around the room going, okay, who's going to tell him that (laughs) it doesn't work the same as the pointer? (laughs) So did you tell him? Were you the one? I can't remember who told him. I think we all maybe just said, Coach, that's not how that works. Oh, my gosh, that is awesome. Oh, What about a Coach Cook story? Do you have one of those? You know, probably my best Coach Cook stories are after championships. I mean, he is a man that works so incredibly hard year-round, every day, trying to constantly figure out what can be done just a little bit better. I mean, he is relentless in his pursuit of success and championships. So I would say, while this maybe isn't the funny story, like Coach Osborne's just the joy when that actually results in a championship is worth a thousand words i mean all of that time energy effort that he has poured into the program when that pays off and then you see more the personal side of him he cuts back he can get emotional which a lot of people don't see Mm -hmm. or maybe think that he has that ability but for sure he does that's so awesome so Pat, you know, just looking back over the many years, what would you hope your legacy will be here in Nebraska athletics um, after you retire? Well, I would just hope that I would be remembered as someone that always wanted what's best for our student athletes. Um, I tried to help and support our staff in any way that I could and that I was a team player. I know you do not like to talk about yourself, and but you, you talked about the relationships is, is one of the most special things, the things you'll cherish the most about your time here. And I showed you a video that I interviewed some young women in this department that are so appreciative of the doors you knock down that can look to you as a role model. So what does that mean to you that you have inspired some of these up and coming superstars in this business that they saw you and thought, okay, I can do it too. What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, that's very humbling to me because I guess I I don't really view myself that way, but yet I do want to do everything I can to help young people to succeed. And I mean, this has been such a rewarding career for me that if I can help young people have the same type of career experience and be so fulfilled, then I'm happy to do whatever I can to help them. Okay, for a young student athlete or student that might be listening in, maybe they wanna be an SWA, maybe they wanna be an athletics director one day, what would be your piece of advice for them to maybe get there one day? Well, I think, Those of us that are females work really, really hard. I don't think we always do a great job of working hard on our careers like men do. Excuse me, because I think that um, we have to put ourselves out there. We have to show that we are capable of doing the same things that men have done and are doing 
in this very competitive field of athletics. And I think women have made progress. I think that there are more and more leaders that are willing to give females opportunities. I mean, you didn't used to see female administrators being a sport administrator for football. And quite honestly, without that experience, it's really difficult for women to be a, an athletic director, especially at a FBS school. So I think more and more people are willing to give women those opportunities because they see that we have some of the same characteristics and maybe bring even something a little bit different or unique to the table in addition. And I think we have leaders on campus that are, you know, especially as um, diversity has become more and more uh, evident in intercollegiate athletics. I think that folks are more willing to look at the individual and the skill set and not so much the gender or the color of their skin. Um, I know you were set to retire back in August and then Trev said, and he said it numerous times and he jokes about it, that you cannot leave yet. You have to help him make this transition. So I know he's really appreciative of, of the time that, that you've helped him in his new role, but what, how confident are you in the future of this athletic department with Trev Alberts leading us? Oh, I'm very confident. Um, I think Trev is going to do terrific things. Um, quite honestly, that was what was motivation for me to stay if I could help him. I mean, he is passionate about this university. Obviously, he competed here. I mean, he cares about this place, and he's he doesn't think he knows it all. He's willing to learn, to grow, and I'm really, really encouraged because I think he has all of the right characteristics to move our department in a really good direction. Anything else for you? No, just thank you so much, Pat, for all of the time and effort and dedication to our department over the years. It's just been, it's been awesome to kind of get to know you, my couple of stops here, and you've always been a role model to me and many other people in the department. So I think uh, just your leadership, your humility, your work ethic, all of these things I think that are really important in athletics and uh, to be able to look up to a person like yourself and serve with you here has been a great honor. So thank you for taking the time to do this today and just leaving these jewels of wisdom for the people who will come uh, after you and some of the folks that are listening on our uh, in our audience. Well, it's been my pleasure. It's been great to get to know you too. <laughs> What's next? What are you What are you going to do in retirement? You got any plans yet? Well, uh, I would say I plan to travel uh -huh. and also spend more time with family. My, I still am fortunate to have both of my parents that are in Omaha. I have a sister and a four-year-old great-nephew that is pretty fun. So, yeah. And everybody I talked to said, there's no doubt you'll be back. You'll be, uh, we'll be seeing you at sporting events, supporting the Huskers. Oh, absolutely.